0: Hello and welcome to the Knowledge of Love College podcast. This is your host, Patrick Butler. And today, I have a really fantastic conversation to share with you with a guy named Koopa James. Koopa is an up-and-coming, rising DJ, and he also does personal training. He's got an awesome social media presence and page. He's got a great energy. Uh, we had an awesome conversation just about sort of different methods to succeed these days. And and I, it was just a lot of fun. I think you'll really enjoy it and check it out all the way to the end. And I I think you'll find that it it really was a a lot of fun and without further delay, please enjoy this episode with Koopa James. Hey, thank you for joining the show today, man. It's a real pleasure to have you on.
1: Thank you so much. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be on.
0: Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah. So I started following you on social media a few years back. I just, you know, I love your energy, man. I'd love for you to share a little bit about what you do with the audience here. Like, What is what what your, uh, your primary thing that you're up to right now?
1: Right now, I am in LA. I'm from Boston. I've been here about two and a half years, going on three years. And I'm doing a lot of what a lot of other people are doing, right? Trying to kind of see what the opportunities are, take advantage of those opportunities to the best of my ability uh, by way of DJing and fitness, a little bit of entertainment in there, but mostly DJing and then fitness will be next.
0: Cool, man. So you, I, I actually moved out from Boston around the same time, about two and yeah. a half years ago, man. What what, drew, what brought you out here? What was sort of like the driving force for you? You
1: know I love my city uh Boston is my heart uh, i lo- I love just I just love the grit of the city you know uh, yeah. um, people are always moving fast, getting things done, and I really like that. I think that's my talents you know when you grow up in a in an environment like that if if you're good great and if you're not good, no one really seems to care that much but once you kind of um once you establish or think or believe in yourself that you have talents outside of you know Massachusetts, I don't think Massachusetts always does the best job of like helping to foster that creativity, that artist, although there's a lot of schools and things in Boston that are very creative and very artistic, it's kind of like this is just what it is like no one in no one out kind of feels like that yeah. and um I wanted to see you know essentially how I stacked up to you know other entertainers, other fitness professionals, and l a is where I mean, it's Hollywood, right? So this is where all the superheroes are, literally and metaphorically speaking, just fitness-wise and entertainment, all the talent, you know, comes through Vegas, comes through L.A., is in L.A. So I wanted to come to L.A. and see uh, and, like, test my skills, you know, and, and how much better could I be, you know, by being around this talent pool um, and just kind of start. I, I like challenge, and I think yeah. uh, I, re- I reached a platform in Boston And I was looking for more challenges, and I was still single—no, you know, no girlfriend, no wife, no kids, no pet. So a couple years ago, yeah, it was just like, why not? Why not go out west and take my chances? Um, And now I'm here.
0: Was that the first big move that you made, or, or had you moved to other, you know, other cities or other places previous to that?
1: I mean, I moved around quite a bit as a as a kid. I was born in Lowell, Mass, and then spent some time in Southern New Hampshire and then Northern Mass. And then I eventually took, uh, my undergrad was down in Curry College, which in, is in Milton, Mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was down there for four years, that was during my campaign. And then I graduated, lived in those surrounding towns for a while, Jamaica Plain, Mattapan, Hyde Park. And then uh, finally settled down in Quincy, Mass, right on the beautiful. branchy line. <laughs> beautiful Quincy, beautiful Quincy, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I was there for a few years. I was there for about seven, seven eight years. And that's yeah. where most of my young adulthood life maturity happened there. And then at the end of those seven, eight years, uh, <laughs> I tried out my stint in reality TV. And now I'm in LA. What happened there? Well, I was you know, having conversations with a couple of friends of mine, male and female, about feeling a little stagnant, looking for something else. And one of my girl friends at the time she was like, you know, you should go on The Bachelor. And at the time I was like, I don't, what, what, is, what is that? I'd heard about it, but didn't really, I never heard the elevator pitch. And so she told me and I was like, yeah, I should go on that show. So I applied and you know, su- surprise, surprise, they called me back and I went through a pretty arduous interview process and got on the show. So I was on the show for about 14 seconds. And then I got shit-faced and (laughs) and, uh, started making some noise, and they sent me home.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. No way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And was that after you had moved out, you know, you came out to L.A. to do that?
1: No. You know, in full transparency, part of the show was was a marketing campaign to to meet more of the world. A lot of women watch that show. A lot of my clients in the DJ world are women, right? Mothers, wives, girlfriends. Sisters, so I wanted to go on the show. I thought, what better way for for a guy with my skill set to meet right thousands and millions of people than go on the show? So once I got accepted, I was I thought this was going to kind of set me up for the next chapter of my life. But then, because of how I exited the show, it did uh, the complete opposite. So I went back to Quincy for a little while. I got back home around April and move to LA in October. That was always the plan but I thought from April to October I'd be a, like a superstar then come to LA and you know yeah. appearances and DJ. I thought my other talents would do what they do once I met the world mm-hmm. and uh, that that fell really really flat on its face. Very very humbling experience.
0: Yeah I mean it, those things happen. Everyone faces I. I... I've definitely been there myself. You know, it's like, this is the year, this is the opportunity, this is the time, this is going to happen. And then, you know, the exact opposite happens. I think we've all had a moment like that before. What was it like sort of coming out of that rebounding out of it and, and you know, building yourself back up?
1: Well, that's a great question. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. I'll tell you that. Uh, I mean, in retrospect, I can appreciate the journey, but, if I could go back and avoid the journey altogether, I would 100% avoid the journey. It was terrible. I was, I was like, uh, I was in the sunken place for a little while. Uh, when you get back from the show, you can't talk to social media or a lot of people about what happened, so you're really reclused, um, which is not fun. I'm a very social person, so that was difficult in itself. So you get home and just imagine, imagine losing, you know, the Super Bowl or whatever you're passionate about and it's your fault and you can't even go outside to talk about it. You just gotta sit in your house and all you, I just kept mulling it over. Like, was it my fault? Could I have done things differently? How could you let this happen to yourself? It was really difficult. And I got an ego, I'm pretty confident, but that was, uh, I mean, that was a reality check with with LA and how, just how things work and how they can work. So Mm -hmm. again, I'm happy that it happened to a degree, but if I could change that shit, I would change that (laughs) immediately. (laughs) So I was in a dark place for a while, and then you just gotta kind of, you know, I got good friends and a good support network of people that then when the show came out, of course, they were like, it wasn't that bad. You said some real shit. Um, But I think what had happened was I had such an expectation, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, that was so high and sort of fall short of that. All I could see was that gap of, that I that I fell short you know that missed yeah. catch or you know that strike three whatever it is you know um that's all I could see you know I couldn't I couldn't see the that it wasn't that big of a deal I felt like I let all my family down myself and and then my plans had to change because now I wasn't getting calls from tv shows and to do appearances because nobody cared nobody was like yeah let's get him yeah. here It was like screw him so mm-hmm. uh, so that was tough that was tough uh and then I left my business back in Boston and still came out to LA to figure it out so Last two and a half, three years, I've been here figuring it out like everybody else.
0: Absolutely, man. So, what what do you do? Do you mostly DJ now? You mentioned you do fitness as well. What's sort of your uh, what? What do you focus more on?
1: Well, I own an entertainment production company back in Boston, and to put that in simple terms, I own a DJ company. So, we provide DJs for bar mitzvahs, weddings, corporate events, birthday parties, proms, anniversaries, yada 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 yada. Um, we are in the upper high end category of that. So, you know, we're not the cheapest company, but we provide really, really elaborate services and I'm an over the top DJ, dancer, MC myself. I bring out really wild dancers, of course, and we just kind of rock a party. You know, I started my DJ company back in 2005 and, um, it's really beautiful. How these things happen because you have an idea and I'm sure you do with your, with your podcast, for example you have this idea, this inception. And then it's like, okay, how do you do it? And you might get there, but it doesn't feel like you dreamt about it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, this is exactly what I wanted, but it doesn't feel like it because once you're here, all of the responsibility, all of the weight. And sometimes it's hard to get through the minutiae to be like, Oh, I, I, I made it. So I wanted to create a DJ company. I wanted to bring club energy to private parties. That was my only goal. Just to, I felt like weddings were a little dry. Um, And I wanted to bring that, like that MC ship, you know, that, that engagement, that, that, that energetic music, the remixes of of Earth, Wind, Fire, not just the classic song, but the remix. And, uh, you know, whether I lucked out or just I worked hard or it was a good marriage, I've been doing that for 15 years. So back in Boston, I still have that company. And then out in LA, to answer your question more specifically, I kind of, I'm trying myself out, so out here I'm not necessarily building a, a company. It's just myself, just I'm the talent, so I'm doing bar mitzvahs, weddings, celebrity events, movie premieres, parties, in the, wh- wherever there's a party, and um, they want to hear a good open format, you know, collection of music, you know, I'm not a hip hop DJ, I'm not an EDM DJ, I'm not a Coachella DJ, uh, I read the room, I play whatever seems to make sense, So. If your friends are bobbing their head, then I'll keep playing that kind of music. Yeah. If they're not, I'll switch it up and try to find something. So, it's a, it's a bit of a lost art for some DJs. But no, that's not to knock other DJs. Whatever lane they find, I'm always been a respectful person of whatever works for you. Uh, turntable DJs, CDJs, flash drives, doesn't matter as long as you're getting people to move. I don't care. My particular brand is that of the open format. So you will hear '90s hip hop, today's hip hop. EDM, Latin music, remixes, 80s, Motown, disco, funk. I mean, I'm all over the map with it. And not how I like to play. And, uh, so far, so good. You know,
0: That's excellent, man. How, how did you go about breaking into that? You know, you come out to LA, starting from scratch. Did you know people out here or did you just sort of start going around, trying to network, meet people? What was your strategy there? Uh,
1: you know, I didn't know people. I had one friend down in San Pedro. I'm not sure if you're familiar with where that is, but it's pretty far down. Uh, I think the the 110 or something. Like it's down there,
2: mm-hmm. and uh,
1: and I try to explain to people back east. You know, they're like, "How's LA?" And I'm like, "Well, I've only been in LA for this much time because for the first eight nine months, I was in San Pedro, and that's like saying you moved to Boston, Massachusetts, and lived on the Cape for eight months."
2: Yeah, like, yeah,
1: you are not in Boston.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You're not in that in that circle. You're not meeting those people. You gotta be like around the city to be in the city. And so I wasn't in LA for a while, which is fine. It was a nice experience. And so in terms of how did I get it, I think uh without like smashing everybody in the mouth with this, you have to find a way to take it. You have to find a way to create it. You have to find a way to manifest it and And I think that, you know, first, you got to believe in yourself. You got to believe in what you're trying to do. What's the purpose of what you're trying to do? Are you trying to be a DJ because you want to meet girls? Well, there's other ways to meet girls, you know? Are you trying to start a a podcast because you want to make your parents happy? All right, well, there's other ways to make your parents happy. I think that whatever you're trying to do with anything, you know, what is your connection to the thing? You know, like I love music and I think that music is – is a medicine of sorts in terms of whether you're white, black, fat, skinny, rich, poor, most human beings like some sort of melodic sound, right? Now, you could like heavy metal, I could like, you know, disco, jazz, but it's music, right? And so I love being able to create a mood and energy with, with music that I'm playing and I'm talking to people without saying any words. I think that's the coolest thing ever almost like magic to me and and, you know how do you how do you create those experiences or how do you create those connections you know marketing reaching out making friends right going out being social uh, following up with people and in LA uh, just persistence in LA I would I would say persistence is a big part uh, and resiliency you know you got to be able to take a no people are really flaky out here you know everybody's Mm -hmm. looking for the cooler thing so I signed up to be on your podcast, but if like Nike calls and they want to have a conversation, I would, you know, like, Oh, I'm blowing you off. Sorry. (laughs) I got to go do this Nike thing. Or if if they're having a party and I got invited, you know, it's not even for me. Right. But I'm like, Oh, well I'm going to forget this podcast and go do this Nike thing. And I think that, Hey, if that works for you, that's great. Uh, that's never been my particular brand of moving through, you know, the ranks, uh, it's hard for me to commit to something. But when I commit to something, I commit to the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's served me well so far, just in terms of my uh, integrity. You know, I, I like who I am as a, as a human being. And I'm not, I'm not like, yeah, yeah, Rick, I'll be there. And then I just ghost Rick. I think that happens a lot in L.A. It happens everywhere, but it happens a lot in L.A. And that can take a toll on you. It's hard to, to, to find the real people or the ones who are really trying to support you. While simultaneously trying to create their own thing, yeah, absolutely. We're all trying to to build, right? We're all trying to get our things going, so it it can be tough, it can be tough,
0: of course. Yeah, I definitely know there's a huge difference in just the type of people from the east coast to to out here, and the you know, it's just where uh, you know, what what different people's motivations are like, what are they trying to accomplish, and that really determines you know the way that they're going to interact with you, Uh, yeah, so. Tell me that, you know, you also do fitness on, on you know, more of a private level. Uh, how, how does that in, impact your business or does it impact your business at all?
1: You know, doing fitness impacts my business tremendously because I teach group exercise. So just to, for your audience, I don't want to assume that they know or don't know. But, uh, sure. you know, in fitness, there's there's a lot of different realms, right? There's chiropractors, physical therapists. And then more commonly, we talk about personal trainers, in group exercise. In group exercise, I would argue over the last 25 years or so, has really, really exploded uh, in terms of it being a very mainstream, cool thing to do. Men will take classes now, whereas, you know, I would argue 10, 15 years ago, you wouldn't find a lot of men in a class. Uh, they could, you know, a lot of classes were jazzercise and, uh, leg warmers (laughs) scrunchies zumba Zumba, exactly and now i feel like you know there's a lot more inclusion of of dumbbells in the in the group exercise room now which there wasn't always so i think that it's uh my point of that is i teach classes for a company called equinox which is a very popular high-end gym uh all over the world but mainly in the in the major cities and you know I've, i've earned a level of respect amongst my members Because of what I what I bring to the to the room, and then what I expect from them, and my coaching style. So my classes are all sold out, which is great. But in there, uh, people end up you know they're curious. You know what is this guy about? So I meet a lot of people. A lot of my clients come from teaching classes, and that's been a huge help because going back to the previous conversation, when you meet people people in LA uh, trying to throw a lot of fishing lines in the water. You know, you get a lot of like dead fish, I guess, if you will. But if you're if you're able to create something where people are coming to you, um, it's almost like a stronger lead, if that makes sense. Because yeah. by the yeah. time they ask you like what your rates are or if you're available, it's already a, it's already a done deal. It's just it's mine to lose it, right? So versus me out there trying to like, hey, do you need a DJ? Hey, anybody need a DJ? Hey, I'm offering discounts on my services. anybody need a DJ? Which works, right? Um, but I'm lucky to have these classes. So I teach five, six, seven classes a week. And there's 30 to 40 people in there. And that's just a commercial, you know, in a way. So yeah, my, that's not my goal. My goal is to make sure they get a good workout. But the music is great. My personality is big. And it's an easy transition to be like, oh, you're also a DJ? I'd love to have this energy at my party.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's really interesting how these are your two different... Uh, you know businesses sort of align in a lot of ways and how for both of them you have to do you you have to do marketing and sales and and you know you're not like in a sales profession but it's sort of a part of your life anyways. Right completely
1: which is tough that's a bit of a learning curve because I'm not in sales but somehow I got to learn how to be decent at sales.
0: (laughs) Yeah well I, I think it's you know what you're going through right now is something that I think a lot of people have because no matter what your interest is or whatever your like passion is, whatever you want to do, you have to learn to sell it as well. You can't just do it. Um, the chances of just doing it and working is like zero. You have to market it. You have to get, you know, eyeballs in front of your work. You have to get people to meet you and, and to see what you're up to. And, uh, you know, if you're not like just doing a, a typical sales position, you know, that set can be hard to find. Would you say you're sort of like, you know, because from just talking to you now, it seems like you have uh, definitely your personality is sort of contagious and, and has, uh, you know, I could see how you could sell people there, but do, do you ever do any sort of formal training at all or any sort of like, do you read about sales or or has it just been all just sort of doing it on your own? No, I've, I've been
1: a little stubborn in that way where uh, I've never wanted to approach what I do in a uh, and again let me preface this by saying i think that this is a stubborn thing on my end i don't necessarily know or believe this to be the way to do it it's just my way of doing it mm-hmm. which is you know i'm a dj so in the dj world there's a lot of there's there's things called showcases so you know pretty much think of any convention center and you walk in think about any fitness convention weekend it's the same thing so you walk in there and there's just boatloads of dress companies and DJ companies and photographers and videographers and novelty companies with lighting. And we're all shopping our services to these, you know, to the potential clients that are coming to look for entertainment. And Mm. I refuse to do that. I just refuse to go and set up a a booth and, and just kind of like honk my horn and, and repeat the same thing to 20 different brides. I commend it and it works, man. I like. I wish I could get out of my own head because it works, but I've never wanted to be the, the wedding DJ. I don't want to be the bar mitzvah DJ. I don't want to be the birthday. I don't want to be the hip hop DJ. I just want to be known as, pardon me, an entertainer, period. And while that's a, that's a much slower burn, uh, I go to bed at night happy with how people view me. You know, if someone said, oh, you know, my buddy Koopa is a, a wedding DJ. You, I would hope someone would be like, well, he's not a wedding DJ. The guy just crushes parties. He can, he does clubs, he can do this, he can do that. And that's important to me. Uh, you know, how I spoke about, you want to try to control, at least I think, control the brand. You want to try to control the narrative. And I've said that before, you know, uh, try to control the narrative. And if you do the, if you do everything that, everybody else does. It's harder to sell yourself as different than everybody else.
0: Yeah. Um, If you catch the label, like you're the birthday party guy, then then it's going to lock you in a box and you're going to have to probably innovate twice as hard to get out of it. (laughs) Right. So it's hard because I have to work
1: twice as hard on the front end to be known and viewed. But on the back end, I have a really nice network of clients that call me for specific events, they know who I am, they know where I'm at, they know what I'm doing and what I bring, so it's just a direct phone call. You know, it's like, hey, Koopa, my boss wants you again for this, or this celebrity's in town, he's having a private birthday party, got it. You know, I'm showing up, shut it down, and then I go home and I really, really enjoy that brand of entertainment for me because it feels just, not more authentic, but it it feels good to me and the kind of artistry I wanna bring to events, you know. I don't want to just go up there and play Drake and Migos and you know Travis Scott all night long. You know I want to be able to have some play and and I think a DJ should still should still introduce you to music. That's my job. I'm a disc jockey. My job is to pick records and select tracks that you know, but also play some some jewels in there that are to me that are uh, you know paying homage to to the craft and to the art and and that that stuff matters to me now that's not going to get me on you know jimmy kimmel saying that no one gives a shit about that like yeah yeah that's great bro can you play marshmallow yes i will play marshmallow uh but to me on the back end some of these things come out to my clients and that's when i've been you know how i've been able to to last this long i don't know how i've lasted this long i should not have lasted this long. (laughs)
0: Well, what motivates you to keep going? What's like your uh, driving force? What makes you even want to succeed in either one of those uh, industries? There, you know, I, for a long
1: time, I talked about my childhood. I was, you know, I didn't have a lot of money growing up. There was a, there was abuse in the household. There was racism in my neighborhoods. Uh, I was bullying in my adolescent years. Whereas, like, I was getting picked on, and and that's still part of my story. But I think now, you know, my 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 following has grown so much that there are there are silver spoon kids that follow me and there are kids that uh, right had similar upbringings to myself and and then there's cultural differences right i mean now with the internet and social media my following is all over the place so um i don't i wouldn't want to again pigeonhole what motivates me to my childhood because i think i'd be alienating everybody else in my following and vice versa. I don't want to speak to the to the to the maybe the more affluent crowd and alienate the other kids, other people. So I believe in this thing called universal commonalities. I think as a man and as a man, we're both sharing some things that are the same. Same thing for women. Same thing for humankind. So I think if you can tap into the to the universal commonalities of it, for me, uh, what motivates me is we only have how many years on this planet and everybody is so quick to talk about it and live life to the fullest, hashtag live my best life, hashtag blessed, hashtag blah, blah, blah. And, but I still find that so many people are so afraid to not only find out who they really are, but then to broadcast that to the masses. People are still really, uh, still really insecure. So you know, you follow the Kardashians, you want to be like the Kardashians, but you don't have the confidence necessarily of the perceived confidence of the Kardashians. And so you fall short and then you end up going into a darker place than, than when you started. So I just believe that I'm 36 years old. Let, let's, let's throw a number, let's say I get to 80, 85, and then, you know, health, I'm sure will start to deteriorate if it hasn't already. And I I forget where I heard this once, but um, we're always looking back at the past and saying stuff like, "Oh, you know, I, if I had known what I know now, then you know the the trouble I could have saved myself." Correct? Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? No. And I and I, I one day I don't know why I took that concept a little further, and it was like, "Well, all right, if I would tell a younger version of myself." some things to give myself advice. What would an older version of me tell me now? And that's been incredibly mind blowing for me because at 36, I oftentimes try to stretch my 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 mindset to like, what would a 40 year old version of Koopa tell Koopa now? Like what's gonna be important then? Because what's important now might not be important at 38. But of course, yeah. right now, you and I think that this is the most important thing going on. And it is but there's other things going on. And I just truly want to appreciate this life as much as I can. I want to laugh. I want to take naps. I want to hang out with my buddies. I want to watch movies. I want to work hard. You know, I want to provide myself, but I want to, I want to live. So the idea of working 24 hours a day, seven days a week does not appeal to me. It's not cause I'm not capable of it because I have a ton of energy and I work my ass off, but I try to, I, I literally try to do that work hard, play hard thing. You know, like I work really hard, but, I do take naps. I do go to the movies at like 10 in the morning on a Tuesday because that's that's what keeps me sane. That That's what justifies the hard work for me. Not just making money. Not just ha- making new friends like you. And this is great. I want to do this because my career needs it to live. Uh, I guess I'm just trying to say what motivates me is that I know I'm not going to be here forever. I, I do feel like every day is, is is a blessing and I'm not religious, but I just feel very thankful there's always somebody that has it worse and I'm trying to not take for granted what what I am, what I was given. I make people laugh, I help people get more fit, I can do things to get people to dance and those are to me those are great great talents and gifts and I feel very fortunate to have those gifts. Some people are spoken word, some people can create movies and see something from an image, you know? But that's not going to last forever. You know, I might make it to 80, 85, but I might not have my eyesight. I might not have my hearing. And I think we all forget that. And, uh, and it's like if we spend more time with each other and less time, you know, through screens at times, and I'm all over my phone too. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just, I want to be 80, 85 and remember moments in my life, not things I saw on Instagram. Yeah. That makes sense. So I just try to get involved as much as I can and live
0: this life. Yeah, I I think that's, uh, that's huge, especially these days. I think we're sort of going into uncharted waters with social media and Instagram because, uh, you know, people inflate the way their lives are on social media. People probably on the other end who just see people's lives, you know, maybe they don't post as often or they're not into that sort of stuff. They probably assume that other people's lives are much better than they really are. And I could see how that's, you know, it's, it's sort of a challenge that we don't really know what's what the results of it's going to be, you know, come 50 years down the road. Like, will, will people remember their experiences as, Oh yeah, I saw this dope meme on Instagram or, you know, like h- how much is that really going to make an imprint on people's memory and their brains? Uh, what do you think? Do you like, I mean, cause your business is one that probably benefits a lot from social media, being able to, you know, like if social media didn't exist, like your business would probably be a lot more challenging. How how do you go about sort of balancing, you know, the pros and cons of working with social media?
1: Well, I think, uh, social media to me, I mean, I love it. And of course I hate it. You know, I have, I think a lot of people would say that, uh, but regardless, that's my thoughts on it. I think that yes, it helps the business, uh, but it also, but it, but it's a game, right? Like it's just a new game. It's just a new way of doing it. Back in the day, people would make, the person that was willing to make 500 phone calls a day probably Mm -hmm. got 50 gigs out of it, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And nowadays, the person with 500,000 followers can get 50 gigs out of it. So the goal now is to get the following, to get the likes, to get the content, and it's just a new way of doing it no one's making phone calls no one's calling hotels like my name is such and such i'm an entertainer i live two miles from your hotel should you ever need an entertainer let me know and mm-hmm. i still do that <laughs> and yeah. uh, and the social media aspect of it i think i just got lucky man i don't have the same the same hang-ups with with social media that some people do with camera right so I don't think I'm good reading a script on camera like I'm not good at teleprompter work it's just not my jam. but organically I can I can hang with the best of them on a camera I'm like blah 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 I'm this guy and I have Mm -hmm. no shame it doesn't I don't have any you know I don't have any handicaps I'm not like all my face looks blotchy or my teeth look yellow, or I don't like the way my eyes look. Like I don't give a shit. I'm like, whatever. I'm saying something. I'm I'm focused on what I'm saying and not necessarily the angle. Now, given sometimes I'm like, oh, I, I think I have a booger in my nose. Let's pick that and re-record this thing. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> but for the most part, I I think there's an authenticity to just just you know live right, like just this live yeah. broadcast of like, what's up, everyone? You know, today's Wednesday. We all say hump day, blah blah blah. I like to I like to to sprinkle in borderline offensive comedic lines. I like to push buttons and um but it has it has helped me tremendously because I'm able to connect with so many people now and I get messages and I'm not um I know the new word is this influencer thing. I don't necessarily call myself an influencer, but I I realize that I do things that I mean, I'm doing the things that influencers do, right? Like I'm posting about brands and I motivate people. I share my life online, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I like it for what it does. I just wish that we would also remember that there's a real world happening simultaneously to social media. It's easy to, I think, start pulling the threads on social media and and just, you know, we wake up and it's like, I got to listen to this guy's two-hour podcast. And I'm like, that's two hours out of your life listening to another guy and how successful he is and how successful you are not. Maybe listen to a half an hour of it, and figure it the fuck out. Like Mm -hmm. you got to do things around here. Listening to this guy's podcast is great. It'll give you some tips, but then you got to spend another three hours going to do the work, two hours to eat food, two hours of podcast, three hours to do the work. I just, I would rather use my time differently. I'd rather go out and do something and meet someone and make a connection work out. But that's just me though. Some people, you know, like, you know, the two hour podcast, reading the books, the motivational books, the Tony Robbins thing, which I think is, again, however you get through your day, man, is great because it is hard out here. So however you can get through your day, I commend that. But people ask me, you know, oh, you seem like you don't give any fucks. You know, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, well, I do care. I care a lot. But I I spend a lot, I try to spend a lot of time on, what's really important, you know? And I, and I had that conversation. When I'm 50, I'm gonna look back at my 36 and be like, you spend all that time listening to all those podcasts. And uh, every once in a while, someone is like, I, read, I, you know, I saw this podcast, read this book and it changed my life. More often than not, people read books and it motivates them for two weeks. And then they're looking for another book and it motivates them for two months and they're looking for another podcast. And it motivates them for 20 minutes. And it's like, if you just spent more time on staying motivated, create better habits, be consistent, repetition, 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 maybe you don't need the book. Maybe you don't need the podcast. But that's not to say that people shouldn't listen to podcasts. There's so many reasons that podcasts are amazing. I don't even have TV in my house. I watch YouTube all day. So, and most of the stuff I watch is podcasts, but it's like 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I get in, I get out and I keep, I stay busy. So, um,
0: well, I think you touched on an important thing there. It's, it's not really the, it's, it's not like the content, you know, it's sort of like, what do you, you have to dig deeper for the motivation. You know, if if someone's leaning on a book or they're leaning on one podcast, to hope that that's going to motivate them. Then they're found fa- that's failure right there. You know, if they don't have enough, juice and their batteries to get through the day or to get to the next level or whatever. How do you personally stay motivated? You mentioned repetition, repetition, repetition. I do a similar thing than that. You know, it's like, you know, if you just get in the habit of doing something, you know, your body sort of takes over after a while, you don't have to motivate yourself. What about you? What do you do to sort of stay motivated and keep grinding?
1: Well, for me, man, I think it's, I have a lot of flashbacks to my childhood, you know, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be, you know, poor, right? No one wants to be Mm -hmm. poor. I don't want I want to be able to feed myself and live, you know, and have a a reasonably comfortable life. Uh, But what motivates me the most, or what motivates me just in general, I think it's a I have a humongous passion for for life. Like I enjoy life. I enjoy the fact that I get to run around and play. I enjoy the expertise of other people. I love learning. And I think uh, in my pursuit of just learning new information, trying new things, it's uh, in in there, in those experiences, I'm continuously motivated. So I set a goal for myself. And it's not just getting to that goal. That's exciting. It's the journey to get to the goal and all the things you learn along the way. And those, you know, they, sometimes they suck. Sometimes they're unexpected treasures. But that's so exciting that I'm like, oh well, then, what's my next goal? I wonder what that journey will be like, and what's this goal? I wonder what that journey will be like. So I think it's really difficult to, and this is why I don't have a. Here are five ways to be motivated like me. I don't have that mm-hmm. out there because I don't, I don't, I don't want people to be like me or or like them or like you. I I, I uh, I've always advocated that people spend a little more time with themselves and have some. We all like the comfortable conversations. I'm sure you like your hair. You should, it's a wonderful head of hair. I do not have any hair. This is what works for me. Luckily my head is not shaped funny, so it works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know what I mean? But then there's things that people don't wanna talk about. Like maybe you have an issue with um, homosexuals, maybe you have an issue with politics, maybe you have an issue with a certain uh, race, right? I I don't know, right? And, And I think that people, while we are aware of it in our psyche we don't explore it enough and i don't think people like having the ugly conversation outwardly and with themselves and i think that if you can if you can sit in it and you can sit in your own shit and try yeah. to figure your own shit out like all right i don't like black people why what is my problem with black people or asians or i don't like republicans or i don't whatever it is i don't like people who eat sushi i, I don't you know, it's, it's, but why, you know, why yeah. is it because your friends don't like them? Is it because you had an interaction with one of them and it went bad or, and so I just think that people or the gym, right? Like, oh, I hate the gym, fuck the gym. People that go to the gym all the time, rah, rah, rah. It's like, what's your problem with the gym? Exactly. Like the gym didn't, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything to you and, uh, or food like vegans. It just all these different subcategories of people now. And that's great. But I think we're all clicking up, like just to be part of something. And I'm like, it's okay to be part of nothing. It's totally okay to be your own person because when it gets dark outside, you're only gonna be able to be with yourself. And I think I, I would love it if people would spend more time having those ugly conversations. I have spent many, many hours having very uncomfortable conversations with myself. Why do I tick this way? Um, I have a particular brand of energy, right? That's pretty obvious. I'm like, rah, 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 rah. Um, that also translates into a pretty bad temper. Uh, I have an ego of course. And if you step on my ego, I can get pretty defensive and it's not fun saying those things, but it's yeah. my, I know it's true about myself. So I, I don't mind living in that truth. And if you're the kind of person that is of the sensitive nature, I'm probably a bad idea. So maybe we should not interact that much. Like this is not going to go well for us. I'm mm-hmm. going to absolutely be sharp on the edges. You're going to think I'm insensitive and lack emotion and compassion. And it's like, no, I do. But it's not your language. It's a different language. Yeah. And I think uh, I found in relationships, people are always trying to bend other people to their comfort zone. So mm-hmm. you would say to me, hey, bro, why don't you accept me for who I am? You know, me and my girlfriend fight sometimes. And so, uh, you know, she she tried to like throw a bag at me. So I like pushed her. And I'm like, are, first of all, I'm, I'm probably gonna beat your ass. Second of all, if that's your jam, that's cool, bro. But that's not for me, so let's not be friends. And people will say, oh, that's messed up, man. You should like accept people for who they are. And I'm like, I do accept you for who you are, but I don't have to be your friend. I can accept you from the other side of the river. We don't speak the same language and that's fine because I don't speak the same language as some other people but I don't think we have to force these relationships and these friendships and I think some people are like oh that's my buddy Mike and it's like "Yo, you can't stand Mike <laughs> Yeah, but like, yeah. you're like hanging out with Mike every weekend and he's getting shit-faced and starting fights and you're like this guy's always getting into fights and it's like cut him the fuck out he's bad news yeah. Get rid of this Guy. this and so but right we're also you know no one wants to say the hard thing no one wants to like, it's never a good time to break up. I've always said that, you know, what are you gonna break up with your girlfriend? It's like, it's like, well, it's never a good time. So just do it because it's always gonna be a good day. You can't break up on a good day, right? It'll crush her or him. You can't yeah. break up anywhere around an anniversary or, or birthday or a parent's birthday or a bad day. It's never a good time to break up, right? So just gotta suck it up and just have that awkward conversation with the person and say, this is how I'm feeling this is what I'm thinking. Maybe we don't speak the same language. I think it'd be better if we respected each other from a distance. That was a lot of words. I apologize, but that's kind of, no.
0: please man. No, I think it's an important point about having hard conversations with yourself. Uh, you know, a lot of people aren't willing to do that, whether it's about, um, you know, just sort of accepting their environment, accepting the realities of who they are, accepting sort of their, their, their flaws with their strengths, uh, you know, I, I see, I noticed that too, especially, you know, especially out here, you see it all over the place where, um, and, and even, you know, I think it's a universal thing. I see it back home too. Yeah. People just frankly, they don't want to have the hard conversation though they don't want to, they don't want to ask themselves what they could be doing better. They don't want to ask themselves, uh, why they're in this, the bad situation that they're in or the bad relationship that they're in. They just, they're yep. not willing to explore those realities at all. Maybe they're too sensitive to it. Maybe they just sort of lock up or shut down. and when you start questioning those sorts of, of, you know, decisions. But uh, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting thing because being able to break that mold and being able to sort of identify like, Oh, this isn't working for me. I gotta get uncomfortable right now and I have to, you know, break it off or, or you know, make a change. You know, that's, that's a really hard thing to do for people and it requires sort of flattening your ego and, and, you know, just sort of readjusting. And, and you might not be consistent with what you were doing in the past, but, you know, you'd, you'd, likely be setting yourself up on a more positive trajectory. And I think that's, yeah, I think it's an interesting point to explore because not many people are, it's a, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah.
1: That was great. The way you paraphrased that was great. That's exactly, that was great. <laughs> it's good well, to I, hear that back. <laughs> to hear that back. I've said it all. Yeah. Yeah. Good to hear that back. yeah.
0: Well, I think, you know, like I can imagine what you do as well with, uh, you know, training people in fitness. That's like one of the probably, uh that's one of the more obvious spaces where people don't want to face the, the hard reality. You know, it's like, what happened to that body I had in college? Or, you know, like they're sort of in denial about their, their, you know, their figure or their weight or like just the way they're feeling. And then it's, it's having to face the hard reality. Like, no, you have to work out every day. Like you have to be uncomfortable every day. doesn't matter who you are. You're a human being. You got to work out. It's, it's, it's not comfortable for anybody, but you
1: have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent hundred percent uh that was well said it's well said so how to, what tell me if you don't mind a little bit sure. about your podcast what 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 is its intent i know it's knowledge without college um is i'm assuming did you not go to college uh what is so it behind you
0: yeah that's a great question man so I, I dropped out of school i went to one year at umass boston beautiful sunny umass boston yeah. no, just kidding. It's rainy, cloudy, <laughs> like 98% of the time you're in school. Um, and uh, I dropped out and I don't really have anything against college. I just believe that there's other methods, especially these days, you can get information everywhere. So I just want to add, you know, valuable information to the, the ether wherever, you know what I mean? Like put, just put it out there, put value out there. Uh, because, you know, I think there's so many different things that you can do. You know, let I noticed uh, back then, when I dropped out, that there's sort of an entrepreneurial uh, revolution happening, partially uh, because of the internet. You know, you could really yeah. do like you're able to have a personal training business and a DJ business. That you know, if you tried doing that 10, 20 years ago, it's like forget about it. It'd be yep. extremely difficult. It'd be yep. it'd be really like sort of old-fashioned to try and market yourself. And you'd have to know the right people, you'd have to be able to work your way up the right sort of connections, whereas now anybody can do anything. And you know, you see that all over the place with everyone on YouTube, everyone, you know, Instagram models making, you know, like a, a more money than a doctor, you know what I mean? Yeah, They, yeah, they might not have yeah. a degree, but they, they're really yeah. good at marketing. They've figured out how to post pictures online. You know what I mean? Like uh, <laughs> the internet sort of opens a lot of doors and I think that yeah. people understand how many opportunities there are that exist out there without that formalized, whether it's a degree, whether it's like a position at a company, you know, like you don't have to work at a Fortune 500 company, you don't have to get that degree you can go out there and make an amazing lifestyle for yourself with uh, nothing but the tools that are available on your phone. You know, if you have an iPhone in your pocket, you have no excuse not to succeed in my opinion. And so, you know, and personally I had a, I, I learned a lot from podcasts myself. And so it inspired me to want to start my own because there's so much value out there. You know, you, you, on one hand, it's like, you know, I, I, like what we were talking about earlier, if you have to lean on a podcast to get motivated, there is a problem there but yeah you know if you listen to a podcast with like the best one in my opinion of 2018 was joe rogan 100 100 joe rogan on elon musk in a room together talking about you know everything under the sun that was absolutely phenomenal it's like you're sitting there in the room with these guys whereas 20 years ago if you first off if you ever got to hear those two people you might only hear a little soundbite you might hear them on on a TV show or a quick radio program or something like that with, you know, which is backed by, you know, big corporations who have their, uh, you know, agendas of what sort of things they're willing to let people talk about, you know, they filter the message and they filter everything about the way that the media gets sent out. So with podcasts, you know, you can just have a conversation like this. No, but no corporate donors, no agenda or anything. And just, you know, people, just sit back relax and enjoy the conversation and and hopefully get some value out of it without uh you know they can do it while doing other things they might be cleaning the house driving to work working out you know doing whatever they're doing and and it can you know it's just it's like they're sitting in the room with us listening to this conversation so yeah i think that's just the coolest thing in the world the fact that uh like you mentioned like it's like magic how uh you know you're able to change the energy in a room when you're djing You're, you're getting people all worked up and excited like uh I think there's a magic in in just sharing information and just sharing conversations it's like everyone's around the the internet campfire now yeah yeah that's well said
1: again that's it's a great point I'd like to co-sign and also make sure that I didn't misspeak the word you used when you said lean on a podcast that's a word I didn't say in my in my rant uh, but that's such an important word it's it's leaning on it you know cuz i watch podcasts i love motivational quotes i love jordan growing up I mean, oprah is amazing i mean there's amazing people out there yeah. it's ridiculous to be like oh i'm so internally motivated i don't need anybody you know but yeah just try to find a balance you know between like are you listening to this person to help you get on your feet and figure things out for yourself are you willing to like go and you know take a swing at that on your own, or you're just gonna watch this guy swing a bat all the time. And I, yeah. You know, so, what you said was great. Like leaning on them, you know, and that's a great point.
0: Yeah, I, I look at it like uh, like a lot of people are, are a car with a dead battery, you know, and they need like a jump start. They need like a little motivation to get the car going. But eventually, you should be able to juice that battery up enough that the car can start by itself every day, and you know, no problem. You don't need any help. That's great. I, I love it. I, I see people get addicted to motivational content. You know, it's like they just you know, <laughs> dive into motivational content. You see it too with with uh, the types of books people read. Like people come up to me, like, I read this Robert Kiyosaki book, uh, blah, blah blah. It's like, oh, try to there. I know where you coming I don't want your product. I'm fine. Uh, you know, but people yeah. they just, uh, they get addicted to to just getting jump started, not doing the real thing, not not establishing the habits. So uh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, just gonna watch out for it so what's next for you man what's what's uh what's your what's you know personally i, I don't really do new year's resolutions you know i, I feel like you know like these days I, I think everyone should be trying to make resolutions every day of the year you know what i mean uh rather than pick this or sort of, like arbitrary date to like start i mean i'm sure it's good for you know, the personal training business, you get a whole lot of new people in there, but like yeah, what are you right. trying to accomplish this year? It is a, it is a new beginning it is a fresh start. You know, it's a new year on the calendar. So I mean, what's, what, what are you looking to accomplish? Well, you know,
1: I'll try to keep this short. I think for many years, I, when I was younger, <clears throat> I just wanted to do things. Right. So I started business on a whim, just like went and got a DBA had no knowledge of it. And in the first 10 years or so, or eight years of my life, a lot of trial and error, a lot of like, oh, maybe I should have thought of that first. Maybe I should have planned first. And then you get a little older. And again, I'm very young, but at 36, you know, you start thinking about like, oh, you get a little more calculated, a a little more sophisticated, a little more strategic. And that's great. But I've, and I'm total transparency, I've fallen into, uh too much of a planning phase so now every idea i have they're just brainchilds i'm not actually doing anything uh and that was wearing on me for most of 2018 and so now in 2019 by way of some universal messaging and just kind of like like you know practicing what you preach um this year is 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 less of the strategy and more of the hey man just keep taking swings of bat, bro. Like you are bound to hit some on base balls and a couple home runs. You're gonna keep striking out. That's the game, bro. That's just what it is. You're gonna miss some shots, but you gotta keep taking shots. And so for me, uh interestingly enough, I was having a lot of these conversations recently and then I got your email. And I don't uh I was super excited to be part of this podcast because I'm looking to start a podcast. So excellent. Yeah, so mine, you know, it took me a while to figure out what my podcast would be like. Uh, A lot of my influences, the Joe Rogan, uh, David Goggins, Jordan Peterson, these guys Mm -hmm. are just brilliant to me. Um, You know, Jordan Peterson has a lot of enemies, I get it, but he's so intelligent. It's just, it's just mine. It's just so humbling how bright he is. Whether you agree with him or not, the guy's really, like he's read some books. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so my podcast, I'm not Jordan Peterson, I'm not David Goggins, and I think I was having a hard time figuring out, I don't want to be the, hey guys, Koopa here, here's five ways to lose belly fat in the summertime. That's not really who I am. Uh, I also don't want to be a reaction or review podcast where I'm just on there talking about podcast, like pop culture, like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B fighting, who gives a fuck? i don't yeah. <laughs> so, who gives a shit i don't care so yeah <laughs> so um it took me a while and then i think it just kind of clicked finally and i'll leave you with this i um i was feeling a little lost like how am i gonna get this off the ground what equipment do i need what's gonna be in the background blah blah all the production of it and it's like just do just hit record and start fucking talking and then figure the rest out as you go along and um because I'm not the best podcast person, but I I already have so much personality, so much energy that a lot of people don't even have that and they're popular. So I already have this engaging, magnetic, this guy's loud, fuck's he talking about, you know? Yeah. Um, And so it finally hit me the other day, like how to have this podcast. And it involves another person. because I think I'm at my desk like this, having organic conversation. I'm not good at creating the content and then recording the content. That's not my jam. Um, It's, and I I sometimes wish I was able to do that. I don't have the attention span. So for me, it's much more like, let's sit down with some coffee, like in a t-shirt, who cares about where you are, just, and just hit record, have a conversation with a person who's gonna be my assistant, Jenny, also my best friend, and then, and i have no problem sharing it with you and i'm open to your opinion is uh recapping the last seven days and then what's what's the next seven days look like in in there i will talk for four hours so uh that's kind of be going to be the premise you're the first person to hear this uh so what's up (laughs) fellow podcaster and so right now i'll even show you I'm, i'm sitting here like i got you know i got this Canon camera here, and uh, nice. you know, with the lens, and I reset up my my table in my apartment. Uh, that's all my DJ equipment here, so I have that set up. And the goal is to kind of put the camera somewhere in, in in this space, and then you know shoot over that direction and just and just have a conversation. So I'm working on that now, trying to figure it out. Uh, I haven't hit record yet, but uh, that's phenomenal, do man. It soon, yeah.
0: I, I think you'll crush it, man. Just uh, like, you know, I, I had a similar experience. It took me forever to sort of wrap my head around how I would go about just clicking the record button. Your brain comes up with everything to get in your way, everything to stop you. The backdrop, what are you going to talk about? Who are you going to talk to? Like, what what kind of audio equipment? I'm an, I'm not even joking. I bought all this, like, you know, I don't know if you know Tim Ferris. He's got a, yeah. you know, some podcasts. He has got he tells you everything that he uses. I bought all the stuff, and then I'm like, you know, all I use is USB mic. It's simple. <laughs> you know, it's like, you it just make it mic. stupid simple. You really got to make it stupid simple on yourself. Like for me, I, I can't edit audio. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. So I found someone who can do all the other pieces. Yeah, it. right, right, it right.
2: Eat, wow. you
0: know? End of the day. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, you got to make it easy on yourself. There's one phrase that I really love that Tim Ferriss says, I don't know if it's his originally, but I I heard on his podcast. What would this look like if it was easy? So it's like, you know what I mean, like everyone gets, you know, they overcomplicate things, but what would it look like if this was just as easy as possible? Well, for me it would be, you know, if I just had a podcast slot on my calendar, like every other appointment and meeting I have through the day, just an hour of the day is just a podcast. I record it, upload it, done, hands clean. Wow. And it's like, you know what I mean, just make it stupid, simple. What would it look like? Yeah. If it's, you'll make it happen, man. i am I'm, I'm excited to to listen and and uh, you know follow your progress this year.
1: I appreciate that. Once I get to the place of of video chatting, I think mine's gonna be more like it in like in person, like at, yeah, yeah. in the space, and it's gonna be more about, about what I'm talking about, just kind of what I'm doing. And then uh, but if you're ever in this area or neighborhood, I'd love to have you on my show. Uh, once I get up and running and you can talk about your podcast talk about your journey. I'd love to kind of do that. Cause that's what it's going to be about for me. It's not just me talking. I want to engage. I love that part about the Joe Rogan where he has other interesting people, you know, Joey Diaz, uh, Diaz, uh, Elon Musk, all mm-hmm. these scientists and vegans and hunters. It's, yeah. like, it's mind blowing. And I know all this stuff about random things because they're on his podcast. Right. Exactly. And yep. that's kind of, um, I'm not trying to copy him per se, but he is a huge influence on the yeah. way he's done it. You know, just, just a backyard conversation, just online, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, one so, of my previous guests, he talked about this book called Steal Like an Artist. Yeah. You know, everyone gets a little caught up in like, I don't want to copy this person directly. But it's like, it's not, it's you know, you're not copying them. You're being influenced by them. You're, you're, you know, it's, it's a compliment to them. The fact that their content, their method is so good that other people want to replicate it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know try a similar system so yeah man i wish you best well, I, I live in la as well i'd love to come you know we'll do a show together sometime and uh please
1: please yeah. please come out to one of my sets i dj all over the place publicly i don't know if you get down like that but come out, have a drink,
0: yeah, meet down, some man. people
1: take some pictures and shit for the gram you know for the gram yeah right? yeah
0: yeah let's do it man that sounds awesome well thank you so much for joining us today and uh you know we'll, we'll talk again soon and, and best of luck this year
1: sounds good man i really appreciate the time and the attention so uh good luck to you as well i'm glad to meet you and uh let's be in touch
0: absolutely thank you see you boss